Welcome to the Lulu Logic Podcast. I'm Nick Lewis. I'm your host. And today, another special guest. This guy didn't have it easy, defied the odds, but he kept going. One of the best things about this podcast is hearing the stories, hearing the meaning behind why someone can overcome obstacles. This guy's overcame many obstacles in his life, and he continues to strive to be great every day. He's still out on the field getting that work in, helping his son out. But you're going to hear something truly special, and you'll know why this guy was a former MVP. And you'll know why this guy did what he did in his career. Without further ado, this is the Lulu Logic Podcast. Today's guest is from Honolulu, Hawaii, and played his football at the University of Hawaii as a receiver, punt returner, kick returner. He's Hawaii's all-time yardage leader with 5,461 all-purpose yards. Gained 3,031 yards and 29 touchdowns in his college career. Went on to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL. Colorado Crush of the AFL, and the Montreal Alouettes, Hamilton Tidecats, Toronto Argonauts, and Sask Rough Riders in the CFL. He holds the records for most all-purpose yards in a CFL season with 3,863. Has been the CFL's most outstanding player of the year, two-time Great Cup champ, and five-time CFL All-Star. Welcome to the show, the Flying Hawaiian Chad Owens. What's up, baby? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's a lot, Nick Lewis Nation, what's good, man? <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Man, listen, it's uh, it's crazy. It, it when when hearing hearing you uh, you know, state all those things, it's uh, it feels just like yesterday, man. When when my football career started, you know, back in 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 the the seventh grade, when I finally my, my when my mom finally let me play because she was so worried about me getting hurt, so. It feels just like yesterday, man, when, when I was just playing soccer and all my friends were like, Chad, you got to come on and play uh, football, man. Use that speed. I'm like, ah, oh, man, my mom don't want to let me play, bro. So it feels just like yesterday, man. I was grade seven, just started playing. My helmet felt weird. All the equipment felt weird. And just, man. But it was in year two in grade eight where, you know, things started to feel comfortable. And then, like, yeah, man, just it's been a blessing, man. The ride has been unbelievable. That's awesome, man. You, hey, the stats are there. You got some records. You got a college record. You got a pro record. Like, that's hard to do. And and we're going to talk about all that in, in due time. But how you doing right now with COVID and everything else going on? We're good, man. Family's good. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was sort of uh, like to the rest of the world, right, just like this big sort of uh, shocker, just like a in-your-face, like, you know, abrupt stop. In, in life but as the days went on uh, time went on a, a couple weeks went on I really started to like think about how fortunate I was in these times because I was with my family all day every day yeah. and as you know man football professional sports in general but we talking about football takes up a lot of your time Sacrifice. it takes takes a lot of sacrifice, man, away from the family, away from certain things. And and it's been a blessing, man, to be honest with you, to be able to just wake up every day, not have to rush to go take the kids to school or to drop them off, go here, go there. You know, my wife's been dropping one kid off at this practice, going to drop that off, you know, my son up at this practice, my daughter's here picking up, you know, 
we're sort of like living this like this fast paced lifestyle. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of dawned on me like, look, man, this is actually a great time to reconnect uh, as a family. And so it's been a blessing, uh, you know, for us. I know it's an unfortunate circumstances uh, as an economy and, and globally we're fighting this thing. But um, as a family, man, it really brought us tighter as I'm, I assume it did that for a lot of other families. Yeah, it's it's been good, man, to just be at home and just relax and chill and not have to go too many places. I've, I've filled up my gas tank probably three times in the, since April. Bro, that's a <laughs> blessing. That's a blessing. So I don't – I mean, I'm in SAS and there's nothing to really do here. So without COVID. So, I mean, right, with COVID, right, right. it's not a lot of change. <laughs> have you noticed a big change in, in Toronto where you're at? Yeah, man. It's like the biggest thing I think is just the, the amount of people that's out. You know what I mean? When it, I think now things are slowly starting to, to open up phase one, phase two, but bro, in the middle of it, like we were, we were just going to the grocery store and that is it. Like, and you go out in them roads, it's like ghost towns, like yeah. no one there, no one out. And it just, it was just a weird, it was a weird feeling, a weird, a weird deal, man. Like in, in the world, like I said, but, um things are starting to open back up things are things are moving there's more and more people man and i think you know you, you gotta you gotta think about this man everyone was up in this winter just chilling and <laughs> yo this spring came around summer people were like no nah, i'm not about to be missing this summer we got about all of <laughs> a month and a half of just weather out of the whole year people are starting getting out man like people going for walks and i think i think what it did was covid really because everyone's inside so much and just mm -hmm. confined, I think people are starting to appreciate just like to be able to go outside and go for a walk. Yeah. People are appreciating the simple things in life. And so, you know, like in everything, bro, you know this, Nick, like as football players, we ain't got time to focus on negatives, man. We take the L's, we take those lessons and we, we got to get back on track. Yeah. You got to get back to the positive. So I think a lot of people probably have realized that this negative, you know, this is actually a positive thing. I'm actually enjoying just going for a walk. Uh, I'm getting out, getting active. Uh, you know, I'm enjoying the simple things in life. People got to sit back and really think about what's important in life. And yeah, to me, that's I call, family and being happy. Yeah, I called it the reset. I was like, man, if you're not happy with where your life is or where you're headed, this is a great time to reset. Figure out where you went wrong and put the steps in place to, to go right. There's a great chance to reset for people and you know, to have that time with their family or have that time that to really reset their life and, and get to the right direction and, and take off. Like when this comes, when you come out of this, I also called it planting season, right? You plant during the, you know, this is the great season to plant because once it's over, there's going to be a great harvest. And, mm. you know, if you set yourself up in the right place and you plant the right seeds, you're going to have a great harvest. So all of wealth has changed hands in times like this. So this is a time for a lot of people to, to really focus on those aspects. But, you know, you talk about a month and a half. Why Toronto over Hawaii? Like, I know I'm in SAS over Texas, but I mean, my wife is from here. <laughs> Your wife's not from Toronto. Is right, she? man. No, nah, man. But listen, listen, uh, it's funny. It's funny you say that, man. Cause check this out. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is going to be some news, but I wasn't planning on putting this out just yet. 
but I'm going to have to real shortly. But, man, we, we're, we're moving back to Hawaii. Awesome. We're moving back to Hawaii, man. Uh, you know, a few, a few reasons, right? Um, you know, uh, status, status here, you know, with no contract, no work visa. You know, there's things that are kind of like, you know, just up in the air. Yeah. School, sports for my kids. Um, Hawaii has the lowest rate right now, the best recovery in all of the United States. Uh, so they are actually operating almost at like normal levels right now. Um, and so that's, so that's happening. Uh, we've made that decision and it's going to be, it's going to be a tough one for me, wife, kids, they're, they're, they're already there. Like, <laughs> they, they're all, you know what I'm saying? They're on the beach right now, bro. Just chilling. Uh, but for me, you know, I've, uh, Nick, I've really, I've really grown and evolved as a professional, uh, not just in, in my, in my in sports, but as a person. You know, uh, that business savvy. And I owe that to the CFL and, and all the business and like the mindset growth and just the entrepreneurship and everything that comes along with that. Like I've grown as a, as a, as a, as a, uh, as a person here yeah. in Canada throughout my career here and uh, made a lot of great friends, network, people I consider family. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be tough, you know, it's tough thinking about it, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, saying "ahui ho," as we like to say, it's not goodbye. It's until we meet again, and um, you know what? That's it's gonna be tough, man. Because I've uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking about it, and and you know, the city of Toronto, like all the things that, all the great things that have happened here um, in Canada in general. Like, yeah, just so many amazing people that have, as you know, bro. Like you've been here, yeah. you've been up here for a long time so you know canada is a unbelievable place and there's too much here not to bring me back like i'll be back for you know to visit for events or whatever you know i'll be back you know so but we are heading back to the roots man so you you asked that question so i i was hoping you wasn't going to ask that question <laughs> i wasn't ready to put that thing out there yet but you know what hey cats out the bag uh, you know, truly thankful for our time here. And I'm going to do a proper post about that, you know, uh, speaking on that. But yeah, man, I guess the time has come, bro, to to do um, what my family wants. They've been doing and made sacrifices for me and my career and what I wanted to do. Yeah. And it's time for me to return the favor. And, you know, and look, let's just be honest, man. Like for me, you know, it's not that like we're getting any any younger. You know, we got family back home. You know, I just want to spend some time with family. I'm you know what I mean? We, hey, hey, come on, bro. <laughs> come on, bro. Let's go. So, yeah, looking forward to it, man. You know, a lot of opportunities uh, for my children and, and sports. And, you know, to, to give back to, to, to my community, you know, my yeah. roots and where it's giving me so much. It's Hawaii has basically – I owe my – I owe my – I want to say my success to that state and that culture and my, my mindset. And it's all from, because of that, you know, my Aloha spirit and like my love for people, I think that attribute takes you a long way in sports, in business, in life. You know, uh, you got a bit of love on people, man, especially today, bro. Like, as you know, Nick, uh, all the craziness that's, that's going on in the world right now. Yep. Um, you know, the whole movement, black lives matter, all that. It's like, bro, I, as, as athletes, man, like we never, that was never something we, we thought about. You know what I mean? It was, it was one team. 
Jawan in breast case and put put out a, a post about man, I wish like I wish the wordle was like a locker room. Yeah. It's so like, different, isn't it? You have one common like, goal. Bro, that's it, man. Like that's it. It's so simple. But Who's I talking to? Um, I was talking to as a previous guest, I can't remember exactly the name off the top of my head right now. But that's what they said. They were just talking about how the locker room, you have one goal. And in life, if we had one goal, right? Locker room, your, your goal is the Grey Cup or the Super Bowl or the NBA championship or whatever it is. So it doesn't matter what your differences are. Because, you know, when you step out there, you're, you, you're trying to achieve one goal. And in life, if that was the case, if people said, okay, here's our goal. It don't matter how you believe we should get there. But if this is our goal, then that would be so much easier. I mean, a, a human race that thrives. Like, it yeah. don't matter where you're from, but we're all, what's the common goal? Like, one race. You got, oh, one race. You know what I mean? Like, what? I guess yeah. that's my question. Like, that, that's my question to, to all the, the global leaders out there. Like, what's, what's our goal? Like, not just as a selfish, um, you know, leader, or if you want to call it selfish, power, empowerment here, you know. But what's the overall goal of this thing for everyone, man? Like, the human race, like, you know, it's, if we had a common goal, I think the world would be a much more peaceful place. Um, yeah. I just think they're set up to divide and conquer and to keep people poor is to keep them under control, right? Like if everybody had money and if everybody was successful, it would be hard to control people. But if yeah. everybody was successful, they'd be more willing to be for one goal. Yeah, there'd be more giving. There'd be yeah. more like, you know, <laughs> there'd be more of that locker room. You rise, we rise. Like, man, it's about the person next to you. Like, it, it's just, you know, and I think that stems from, you know, way back when in history, right? Like it was built upon conquer, greed. like the yeah, greed, conquer, yeah. take over, like you know. And that's the big fight right now in Hawaii is that that land that was just taken from them, you know. So so many things, uh, you know. Look at the natives, right? Yeah, the native Indians, like it's broke, stuff just taken. Yeah, you know, manipula manipulation. Life's crazy, but we could we could have a whole conversation. <laughs> on that. I mean, I don't want to get too far off topic, but you know, I just that aloha spirit. Like I yeah. said, my success and my love for all people, all cultures, just it comes from that man. So I owe I owe my roots a lot, and and I definitely I'm excited to go back and and give back to that. Something that inspires me is, and something that inspires all of us is really our culture and where we're from and, and things like that. Can you speak about your culture and, and being from Hawaii and like you said, the Hawaiian spirit spirit, and just everything that it embodies and what it allows you to be and allow you to do what you've done in the professional world and in the business world? Yeah, man, I think the number one foundation uh, of our culture is, is Ohana, right, it's family. And I yeah. think uh, with that at the center, uh, you basically can't lose. You know what I mean? You can't lose. You're not going to let yourself fail because, you know, you got a family, you know, that you want to provide for. You have also support, right? Pillars yeah. there to help you stay up when you're down. Um, the whole, you know, give, you know, spread aloha, spread more aloha. Like that's, that's one of the things. Hey, spread aloha, give aloha. 
And that foundation, I think, helps set someone up for success. Yeah. You know, combined with hard work, um, all the other attributes that are needed to be successful in life and sports. Uh, but really, man, the foundation is set on on family and com- and support and community and for one another. So it just translates so easy to, to sports because it's about team. It's about Ohana. It's about family. And I just brought that over. You know, I've actually created a, a presentation, man, for like a keynote when I speak. And I use uh, Aloha as acronyms, Nick. And so I've got five acronyms. I'm not going to dive deep into it, but it's basically, you know, adversity. You know, I start off with adversity because that's the one of the one of two things that's guaranteed in life. Yes, you know it is. Um, love, passion, right? L. Yep. Ohana with the O, meaning your Ohana, your your foundation, your your support system, your pillars, right? Who you surround yourself with, uh, your habits, and then your attitude. So all of those things combined, uh, I've created that. That's that's Aloha. That's what it is for me. That's what I bring. That's what I, I utilize to, I've utilized to be successful. Um, and <laughs> I think one of the main things that, uh, you know, is that warrior mentality. Yeah. Uh, you know, coming from the islands and for me personally, growing up, always being an undersized athlete, undersized kid, uh, living in Hawaii, always feeling as if, man, we're just a step behind everyone in the rest rest of the United States, you know, we don't get everything soon enough. We, you know, we're, we're limited access. We're going to have, so that was me growing up and always wanting and having to prove myself, proving that I can play with the big boys and yeah. do these things. So that kind of grit. And I think a lot of undersized athletes have that mindset. It's like, man, no, I'm not going to let my size define me. Let me show you what I can do. Uh, so yeah, man, that warrior mindset, um, and that, that relentless sort of pursuit of uh, greatness, wanting to prove prove yourself, or not prove you wrong, but prove myself right, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's about proving yourself right. And you talk about family, man. That's awesome. Your son's starting his journey. Whew. I see you out on the field running routes, doing what you can, see the one-handed catches. It's looking hey. good out there. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching. Hey, hey, guess what? So just just before we talk about your son. So, you know, Milt said he's coming back at 50. G-Roy made a joke about coming back. I said, if they come back, I'm coming back at 40. I get a year to get in shape. I come back at 40. Rombie Bryant said he'd come back. I talked to Fred Stamp, said he would come back. We played nine games apiece. You be the sixth receiver. We would rotate. All of us, Atlantic schooners. We'll talk Ricky Ray into coming back. <laughs> Let's go. It's going to be called the Atlantic Legends. <laughs> that ain't. It, it wouldn't be fair, bro. It wouldn't be fair. You play every other game. We have a rotation. <laughs> no, I'm in. I'm in. Sold. Sold to fly in Hawaii. Hey, I had a – me and uh, Andre Dury, man, we had like a a, a, a thing like, bro, we're going to play – we're going to play till we're 40 easily. 
And I'm a, bro, I'm gonna just be honest. Like I, you know, minus a couple of these injuries, like I and I, I keep myself in great shape. Like I could still play. I could still play right now at a I very high level. <laughs> but you know what? It's uh, that's just not that's that's the business of pro sport. And the longer you're in it, the more you realize that. And you know, it's uh, it sucks, but that's just what it is, man. And like mentally, you can't like you can't let that drag you down. I know there's people that, that, that go down that rabbit hole, but, um, you know, and as competitors, we're always going to feel as if we got it, man. Always, always, yeah. always, always. But we're uh, competitive, competitive, man. And that's what sets the, the, the great ones apart, man. Like you never lose that want to, you never lose that wanting to be better today than you were yesterday. It don't yeah. matter how old you get, bro. Every training camp, I'm sure your goal was the same goal, Nick. Is man, I'm gonna come out here and 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 and, and outshine these young guys. Oh, no course. offense, no offense to the young guys, but you know when I was in my you know 30s, 32, 30, even 34, 35, and I'm out doing these 23 year olds, 24 year olds, it's it's like sending a message. It's like, look, yeah. man, like, are you are you are you are you down for this for this long haul? Because it's, yeah. it's, it's it's not a show up thing, bro. It's it's an everyday, 24 seven, 365 days a year grind that's what people would always walk in and be like oh this is how I compete with and then they get out there and they see it and they be like i just got a different spirit I'm, i got a different animal in me you know what i'm saying and and the fact that i help so many people and other players be like why would you help somebody try to take your job i was like because they can't take my job you know in my heart they can't take my job you know what i'm saying but i yeah. want them to because i want them to earn a job they don't have to take my job, but they can be on this team as a backup or even make another team, right? I want to help their journey along the way. This is not just about me playing football. So I was always helping others, but at the same time, I was never worried about my job because, oh yeah, hey, when it comes down to competition, I'm, I'm ready to go. Hey, when that's why I say it. Like if I come back, I'm coming back under two thirty because I'm I'm not coming uh -oh. back. For, I'm not coming back for a hundred. Uh -oh. I'm coming back for a G. Like I'm <laughs> in nine games. I'm not coming uh, back. <laughs> I'm you by, by Labor Day. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's just my mentality, you know. Um, I mean, you seen a little bit when I was guest coaching in Sask and and you know, yeah. when I talked to you guys yeah. that one night. I mean, I'm a very passionate person. I'm a very um I, I love and care about people, but at the end of the day, like when it comes time to competition, like I just feel like I'm a different animal than a lot of people. You know what Same. I'm saying? Like, Same. It's, it's, just, Same. it's just something that was in me. You know, I, was, I always said I had tiger blood. And mm. it just gave me something different that allowed me to go out there and, and compete at that level, regardless of the size, regardless of the opportunity, regardless of the circumstance. You know, uh, I remember one game, we were playing, I was in Montreal, we were playing Sask. I had like one catch for like three or four yards at the beginning of the first uh, fourth quarter. And um, yeah, the last five minutes of the game, they threw me six balls. I, I finished the game with over 80 yards. And <laughs> it was like the last three minutes of the game. And they were like, dude, why are you playing so hard? Like, we're not gonna win. I was like, this is another opportunity to get better. Like, it don't matter what the scoreboard say. I'm working for next week already. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my opportunity to keep getting better and keep getting better. And and I think a lot of people don't understand that. And, and bro, you can it's, always it's, find growth. Oh yeah. And bro, it's 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 you know, if you don't play this game to 
be the best to ever do it. You, you're not really about it, bro. Like, so you, what that is, Nick, and I, I, I'm, I was the same way. It don't matter because you're, bro, it's about legacy, man. Yeah. I'm le- I'm leaving my mark. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to know, you're going to know who Nick Lewis is and who Nick Lewis was because it didn't matter what the scoreboard was or what the score was on the scoreboard, excuse me. I'm, I'm going to the last, the last whistle to let, to let it says zero, 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 zero on the, the thing and it's, Time's out. You're going. You're going to know, Nicholas Nation. You're going to know. You That's know. It. So I had that same mentality, man. I remember, uh, I think it was in 2013, 14, maybe. Can't remember. Uh, we're playing Winnipeg. We're losing. We're losing Winnipeg. And you know, you, you know, you, you know when the sideline just kind of goes. Ah, man, it's over with. Man, there's still there's still time on the clock. Like we, like bro, this is an opportunity. Man, I took a punt back for a touchdown. You know what I mean? Just just to like prove a point to to everyone on that team like look man like it doesn't matter right you're out here you're getting paid like what's your legacy like bro my son my son's gonna watch that yeah right? he's gonna see it like bro like they're losing he could have easily packed it in he could have easily said coach ah, you know hey, take me out man I'm, I'm gonna rest up for next week yeah not me hey don't take me out uh-uh <laughs> yes sir <laughs> Yeah, man, that son starting that journey. How are you feeling about it? Oh, it's amazing, bro. He's uh, it, it was like overnight, bro. You know, he's seventeen now, and overnight, I just feel like he's you know grown. He's taller than me, which isn't saying much, but for him, I know as a son, being taller than your dad is always that thing that you look forward to. And taller than me, strong. Um, he really just has become that young man, uh, and I see it. I see it, bro, and, and he's just a tremendous athlete. You know, he's he's a quarterback. He's been a quarterback since he started playing football, seven years old. Uh, he's also a baseball player, so he uh, he's a competitor, man. You know, it's it's, and that's all I. That's what what I'm most proud of is the work that I put in, the success success that my kids were able to witness and see. Yeah. Like now I know that they're going to be all right because they know what hard work can do and they're already doing that. So uh, that's what makes me the most, uh, you know, proud about um, what I was able to sacrifice. That's the real win for me is seeing them have that sort of that hunger and drive. Have you ever read the book, The Winter Effect? No, man. Check that out, man. It's okay. awesome. It's about parents and like the first chapter is about parents and their kids. Like awesome. do successful parents create successful children? And that, you know, they got data and studies and different things and they talk about different people in history. So it's, it's a really interesting book and it's about, you know, stacking wins um, regardless of how it gives you an euphoria in life that propels you forward. And then when you lose, you kind of spiral down but if you can st- continue to stack wins, like even small victories, it's going to give you something to propel you forward. Mm. All right. So it's, um, it's pretty, it. it's pretty interesting to, to read and, and maybe your son would be interested in it as well, you know, starting his journey and not after like us, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, man. But like you Appreciate said, you, you, you started in the seventh grade, started playing football and, and then going into high school. What was the vision? Honestly, bro, it was just to play. Like, I had no college thoughts in sight. I was just out there trying to be the best person I could be. I was a running back in, in grade nine. And then um, 
grade, you know, sophomore year, grade 10, I, was, I started at varsity. You know, I was a receiver, return man. Everything that you see me doing, I was doing that from, like, grade 9, grade 10. And I just – it. I got my first college letter in grade 10, and I was like, whoa, what is this? Like, wow, I, I can do this? Like, this is something I can go on and, and go to school? Like, you know, I got to understand, bro, coming from Hawaii, I used to watch, like, USC and these big Florida Gators, Fred Taylor, like all these big time players, man. And I was like, bro, that's, that's big time. Like, that's, that's out of my league. I didn't believe that I could be at that level uh, until I got a letter and I was like, hmm, maybe I can. And then I was like, all-star. And then I was like an honorable mention all-state. And then I was like, oh, oh, but, you know, at the end of my, my, my senior year, I still was only at a, you know, Public school, unknown, you know, shout out to Roosevelt, uh, Rough Riders. Um, but, yeah, bro, just at the end of that, I knew football was going to be the thing I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, and fortunately enough, bro, I talk about support system. I talk about pillars, man. I was on my way, and it's crazy how life goes, man. I was on my way to going to, I believe, Linfield College, bro. Linfield, Linfield. College. Where's, where's that at? I can't even remember, bro. It's <laughs> Linfield, bro. It's like a, it's like a D four. Shout you know, out man. Linfield. Hey, 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 I was headed there, bro, or a junior college, you know. And the goal I told my our defensive backs coach at the time, Coach Reggie Dela Cruz. I always tell this story. He went to Hawaii, right? He played there a little bit, and I said, yeah, you know, what, Coach, I think maybe I'll go, and then maybe after two years I'll come back and try to. See if I can go to Hawaii. And he's like, why are you going to do that? Why don't you just walk on directly to the University of Hawaii? Mm. And I said, I said, you think I can do that? Again, I, I didn't have that belief. I didn't have the know-how. I didn't have the guidance. And he's like, his exact words were, shit, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So then I started to pursue that. Our quarterback at the time, Chad Kapanui, it was an all-state, like, three-sport all-stater, bro. Unbelievable baseball, basketball, football. All state, he got a scholarship to Hawaii. Uh, and June Jones and Ron Lee came to watch him throw, bro. And guess who was the receiver out there catching for him? You, life bro. Happened, but check don't this it. out we were not, our field was getting renovated. So we were on the side, under next to this little patch of grass by the scoreboard. So you got the field, the track, and then like over here by the pool, bro, a little patch of grass, but it wasn't grass. It was like hard cemented dirt because it rained and that the, the area get, got real clay-like, sharp freaking edges. Like, bro, I was out there diving, catching everything, just going ham. Bro, I, I, I ended up making it uh, academically, luckily, barely got in. Bro, last man added to the training camp roster that fall in 2000. So were you officially a walk-on? Walk-on. I was a walk-on. I wasn't. Uh, yeah? Yeah, I was D D2 walk-on. I walked on to yeah, Division II school. Yeah, bro. So, like, yeah. not, even a, not even a priority walk-on. Just like, a, ah, okay. You got into school? All right. Like, yeah, you can come out. Come on. <laughs> Do you remember the letter? My... The first letter you got. Do you remember the first letter, college letter you got? Oh, man, Colorado. 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 University of Colorado. Mine was Georgia, Georgia Tech. Dude. And they had Joe, uh, mighty Joe Hamilton. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So wild, bro. So in this like long story short, man, like get there. You know, the work ethic is what sort of got people's eyes on me. I got tight with the strength coach because I, you know, I love to work out. I got tight there, did all that, bro. And then redshirted my, excuse me, I redshirted my first year, was on the sideline every game, like, bro, this is crazy. I mean, you know, I'm at the University of Hawaii, man, I'm out here, wow. Okay, next year, man, my redshirt, uh, my redshirt freshman year, it was like week four or something, week five or week four, week four or something like that. We're playing Fresno State at home. And our returner at the time just, just, just wasn't getting it done, bro. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, I'm just like I'm not even thinking about it. But you know, in college, everybody dresses up. Everybody dresses out for the games, right? Yeah. Special special teams coach, man, Coach Tyson, comes walking in, storming into the locker room like this. Sees me right there. He says, "CEO, you return to the second half kickoff," and it walks off, bro. And I was like. All of my other walk-on boys, like, it's your time. It's your time. Let's go. I was like, dude. It's real now. <laughs> and this, it was at home, bro, in Hawaii, bro. Hey, I got that kickoff. Went about 70. Went about 70, Nick. And just got edged out by the, by the safety. Had an angle on me. Just kind of edged me out. And the rest is history, bro. Ended up, like, just being a freshman All-American returner that year. Um you know, next year, and I'm starting at a slot slot receiver under June Jones and earned my scholarship that spring after that freshman year, freshman All-American year, boom, earned my scholarship in the spring. And, you know, yeah. the rest is history, man. Just enjoyed a, an unbelievable, you know, college career. Lots of fun, lots of lessons. Grew as a receiver thanks to Coach June Jones, you know, learning how to run routes, read coverage and all that stuff in the run and shoot offense. So, yeah, man. I was going to ask you about your workout warrior, man. You like, you work out constantly. Like you're, you're always on the bands. You're always working out. Um, you always have the little stuff. I've seen it when I was in Sask with you, man, you had, <laughs> you'd have a little bag of like a hundred different things, man. <laughs> Where did that come from? Um, honestly, man, like, yeah, I've always worked hard, but I tore my ACL. I didn't get to this, but in 2008, in the arena league, I tore my ACL. I got stories for days, Nick. Uh, <laughs> tore my ACL, bro, in 2008, post-NFL, right? Went to the NFL, got drafted. It was cool. And just it didn't work out. Unfortunate things. And, like, I found myself in the arena football league in Colorado. And I was balling, bro. Like, I was just – I was like an angry person. I'm going to prove myself. Watch, you, watch this. Watch this. And it was like the, the last game of the season before playoffs, uh, bro, kickoff off the net, you know. Yep. I get it. And I did this cut that I've never done before. Uh, it was like a weird cut went up. So, you know, the like hesitation cut, you go up, you make a move. Yeah. So I went up and like I went to plant, but I wasn't like at ground level yet. So my leg got straightened out. Mm. And that's all I heard, bro. And felt it broke down. Tore my ACL. Um, just devastated, right? The, that that week, that Saturday, my agent like, oh, CO man, the Atlanta Falcons had a contract offer for you. Wow! And I was sick, bro, because Mike Smith, who was the head coach at the Falcons at at that time, was the defensive coordinator in Jacksonville while I was there. So had a relationship already, 
they needed a guy and I was sick, bro. I was sick and talk about, you know, life and support systems, bro. I was like, I, I was like, I was done. I was like, bro, it's done. Yeah. But our stars, our starting safety at the time, Rashad Floyd, one of my pillars, bro. I consider him one of my pillars. Uh, one of my, you know, good friends, although I really, I don't even see him since 2008. I've never seen him, but we stayed in contact for this reason. You know, the night of uh, the ACL tear in the hotel, he's like, CO man, why are you so down, bro? I said, man, because my career is over. He said, no, nah, man. And this is where he had more experience than me. He's seen a lot of things. And he said, bro, it's not. This isn't, I've seen you work, bro. I've seen your work ethic. And I've seen people come back from this, bro. If there's anybody that's going to come back from this, better, stronger, faster, it's you. And he shared a card with me. Uh, man, I think it's Booker T. Washington, man. Uh, the quote, I have the card somewhere in storage, bro, in Hawaii. Yeah. And the quote was along the lines of, uh, you know, the, the greatness of a man is not really determined by his success in life, but rather by what he is able to overcome. Yeah. Something along those lines. That's and I said, yeah. and I was like, wow. So you mean to tell me if I come back from this, that's going to determine my greatness? Yeah. Yep. So I said, bro, I got you. And bro, came back from that, worked hard from the ACL. Uh, and that's where I started to learn more about my body. You know, you're young, you don't take nutrition seriously, you don't take a lot of other things seriously. But coming back from the ACL, I learned, I learned everything, bro, about the body, the whole anatomy. I dove into that. I really became a professional as far as um, taking things seriously, prehab, rehab, all that. And it was because of that, it was a blessing in disguise, ultimately led me to knowing the body, yep. knowing the entire body, learning how to take care of myself better, eat better. And ultimately, bro, in 2009, ended up in Montreal. Practice roster, got to kind of learn and see the game. I got to get back to, you know, get my knee back right. They won the Great Cup that year. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like, man, this is amazing, but the CFL is amazing, you know? Have you and heard about the CFL before you got to Montreal? Nah, bro. <laughs> Man, <laughs> stories, bro. Like, I'm training, coming back from my ACL post Montreal, right there, right before I got signed. You know, that's when the uh, there was a new league popping off in 2008, never came through. Um, uh, what was it called? Um, it never happened. Anyway, it folded. It didn't even happen. And the trainer that at the time, I was in Florida. My agent, you know, I was in Jacksonville, so I was staying out in the Florida area. The dude was like, hey, you ever heard about the, 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 the CFL? I said, the what? The CFL, the Canadian Football League. I said, bro, what's the, where's that at? Like, bro, listen. You didn't know where Canada was. Li bro, listen. <laughs> I'm a kid from Hawaii, Nick. I'm a kid from Hawaii who just was like, you know, hey, I knew, I knew, I knew the 808 state, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, oh, yeah, they, they pay? <laughs> they pay? So yeah, okay, bro. all right, bro, I'm in. So he had a contact, bro, Montreal, Jim Pop, matter of fact. And Jim Pop actually had me on their um, neg list. Their neg list from when I was in college. So I ended up going to Montreal in 2009 and learned the system, learned the game, seen greats like Jamel Richardson, Ben Cohoon, Kerry Watkins. Uh, bro, Brian take this in. Take this in, bro. 2009, you wonder who I was with? SJ Green. I'm just going to name a few. I Andrew Hawkins. Guys, bro. Andrew Hawkins, SJ Green, uh, Brandon Whitaker. All became, you know, starters. Andrew Hawkins did his thing in the NFL. Like, that was we were practice roster, bro. SJ, 
myself and Andrew Hawkins, bro. Practice roster. I'm going to find them guys. Bro, hey, and then so in 2010, I ended up in Toronto, man, and I just, rest is history, man. Like, I just fell in love and took off, man. Had an opportunity to really finally just do me. Like, I've all, yeah. that's all I've ever wanted, bro. That the was NFL, your takeoff. A, oh, bro. Whew. Like, 2010 was the, that was kind of like the coming out party for Chad Owens. Oh, bro. In the CFL. Whew. Like, that's when everybody really learned who you were. And I remember the trade, you know, Trad always gets traded from Montreal to Toronto. And then after that, it was like. It was against y'all, bro. Week one, bro. 2010, <laughs> bro. No return. Nick, you remember that? <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, gosh, man. Man, yeah. that's, that's some. You know, when you look at the journey, when you say learning the body, when I, I know when I broke my leg in 2013, 13. Yeah, that. they were, they basically said, they didn't think I was going to ever play again because I tore every ligament in my ankle, tore the ligament runs you need your ankle. I did the same thing. I dove into, I competed with life to get back healthy, right? And I learned a lot about what it was going to take to get back. So I understand that grind, man. I understand that struggle. Did it ever get frustrating with the injuries over your career? Yeah, man. Uh, 100%, bro. Um, because I just feel like it, the injuries put a damper on really where, like, and, and, and I'm not trying to sound selfish for now, Nick, but, but hey, we, we, we hunt greatness, right? We, we, yeah. we, don't do it, we don't do it to just do it, get a paycheck, okay, thank you very much. I did it because, bro, I wanted to be the best, like, ever. And, you know, I remember 10, 11, 12, bro, just successful seasons in a row. And in 13, I was off to a great start. And I believe I had a, it was against Calgary on a punt return. I was just about to get up out of there and someone caught me from the back, slid down my back and landed on the back of my leg on my yeah, foot. And like I, I had that. like a little, I had like a little, a foot injury, almost like a, a, it was almost a Liz Frank, but it wasn't a Liz Frank injury. And so that put me out a little bit. 2015, I had a bad ankle sprain against Hamilton. Again, another bad tackle landing on my ankle, just weird. Uh, you know, so just the, the, all the injuries has been just weird freakish things. The broken foot in Hamilton in 2016, just having a phenomenal year. You know, I, I've always taken care of my body and it's the things like that, those injuries that you can't prevent. Yeah. You can't do anything to, you know, joints, ligaments, like you just, there's nothing you can do to prevent those things. And I just, it's just like, oh, it's just a little frustrating that, uh, you know, seasons got cut a little bit short or in half or missed out on some time. And then what that does, oh, injury prone, injury prone, injury prone. Like, ah, you know, he's getting older. All that tag just starts getting put on you. But it's like, nah, man, like, it's just, look at the types of injuries, freak you know? Injuries. So, yeah, it's freak things. And, you know, hey, it's what we signed up for. It's part of the game. I get it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it was the frustrating part just came from knowing how much work you put in in the offseason knowing how great you felt in training camp and knowing you about to just dominate another season uh, only to get, you know, a little bit of a, a, a hiccup with an, a freak injury like that. So, um, but other than that, bro, it just, but with that being said, Nick, as you know, adversity, one of my sayings is adversity fuels me. And I've built that over time and, you know, evolution happens, growth happens through adversity, through t being torn down, you have that growth. So, yeah. Although I lost some time playing, I gained 
as a, as a person. Yeah. I gained experience. I gained perspective. I was able to be on the sideline again and coach guys, give more, you know. So there's, there was a positive that came out of every, uh, you know, injury that I've had. One of the teammates we both got to suit up with, one of my favorite guys who I said I think is the best receiver I've ever seen play live and that I've been a part of to watch him on a weekly basis is Kenyon Rambo. And mm. when when Ram put it all together in twenty fifth or 2008 and it went for the 14 or 1500, um, then he got he tore, the, uh, tore his ACL in 09, came back and, and went for almost 1,212 games, at, I think, in 2010. But then he got arthritis in his Achilles. And I felt like that was a guy who never really got to – it was like he was just putting it all together and it just came yeah. together, right? And, um, and you've seen kind of the struggles he went through in 12 when y'all played. And when you look at that, it's just like, dude, dude, that's so much talent. Oh, my God, bro. Ridiculous. Like, talk about route running. Talk about toughness, attitude humble good ass dude you know what i mean just yeah. a, just a solid dude bro just a, and a super super talented receiver bro like ball was that dude rambo was that dude i remember watching him like bro canyon <laughs> rambo is that dude yeah dark dark visor just swagged out you know what i mean his stutter comebacks like he used to run stutter comebacks and he would put that one, two in the ground and come up out of it like he's running 100 and then come out of the comeback at 16. I mean, it was – you couldn't guard it. You couldn't even fathom this guy running four two one, being able to run routes like he does. Oh. And, and being able to do what he did. And I was glad I got to take the field with him. And, and you got to take the field with him in 2012. That yeah. was your year. That was the – that was oh. the CEO year. Talk to us about 2012, how you broke a record, you capped it off with the Grey Cup, and just how everything just came together for you in, in 2012. Yeah, man. Uh, I just – I think I, that was straight momentum off of the 2010 and 2011 season I had. Uh, and once we signed Ricky Ray and we brought Scott Milanovic over from Montreal, who I knew and I – because of my time in Montreal – I already knew the type of culture he was going to be bringing. So, like, I was already ahead thinking. I said, bro, you know, 10-11, bro, I was playing the Z spot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, when he came over, I was just praying. I was like, look, man, uh, come on, bro. Let me get that W. <laughs> get that W spot. And sure enough, man, like, I was at the W, and I, I just knew. I knew. And, I, and we assembled the team. Uh you know, we've already sort of built a solid core. Our defense was nice. Uh, our offense just needed to back up. Our special teams was lit. You know, my, Coach Michael Shea, one of my favorite coaches of all time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, bro, talking about it coming together, Ricky Ray and, and, and the coaching staff we had. We had, bro, we had Milanovic, Chris Jones, Steinauer, Michael Shea. Yeah. Jason, did you have Jason Moss that year? 2012. It might have been 13, Jason Mossy, but, bro, we had those guys, bro. Uh, you know, we had veterans on the team that, that were – we had a solid collect, you know, um, combination of veterans. Uh, you know, and when I say new guys, it was new to the CFL, but they had NFL experience, but, but hungry guys. Ahmad Carroll, yeah. you know what I'm saying, Batman. 
so we had Robert a Robert McCune came over. Oh, man. Hammer. Zeus. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> Hammer, bro. You know, uh, Mo Man, Jason yeah. Barnes, Andre Dury. Like, our Canadian Inman. deep. Inman. Chad Cackert. Cackert, Ricky Fulton, bro. We had a squad, bro. <laughs> We how do you how do you go eight and ten though in the regular season? Because I thought we was gonna walk in and hey, hey, nine and nine, nine and nine. Well, nine and nine. Okay, I thought <laughs> we were gonna walk in and beat y'all because you know it's twenty twelve. We I think we were twelve and six, and uh, or thirteen and five. Oh, great in the Grey Cup. Yeah, I just knew that this was like because, I mean, who do we play? We played SAS in the first round. We beat SAS at home, which is our toughest challenge ever. Then we go and we beat BC in BC. And I'm like, oh, we just beat SAS. We beat BC. Oh, we about to walk through Toronto. And I think that was one of our biggest problems. I remember on the plane ride, it was like, who we got next? Don't care. Like, we just, <laughs> we were so disrespectful. And, and you can never be that in sports. You can never nah, be disrespectful. Nah. Because you never know what somebody's going to have that day. Bro, we knew, bro, like, to us, and this is me, us going to Montreal in the big old beating Montreal there in that game, that atmosphere, and, like, that, I said, that was, we, we, we got the Grey Cup one after that. Like, I just felt that, you know, Grey Cup was in Toronto. Like, we were on fire. Our defense was lights out. And, bro, yeah. Jones is a mastermind. Oh, Talk mastermind. Talk about the clues so. they had. He said, I mean, I remember they called out every run pass. Every time they were about to run the ball, and they were shifting to a side we were running to. Bro, and, and, and Cornish, Cornish, Cornish was getting his knees just cut out. Yeah. He was frustrated. Like, like he was coming, boy. They were, they were coming downhill. You know, we had a couple key uh, interceptions as well. Uh, but, man, like, I don't know, Nick, in your time in the CFL, man, you've probably been to – how many great cups you've been to? Three. You played in. Bro. That Should've stadium played more. in 2012, yeah. that Rogers Center was lit. Yeah, it was. That place was lit, man. You got to think I about this. I wish every game was like that. I, in 08, I played Montreal in Montreal. In 12, we played Toronto in Toronto. And then in 14, we played uh, Hamilton in BC. It was like, we finally get to play somebody not on their home turf. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, but I got I got all three of my great cups in domes. That's beautiful, and that's how it should be, man. <laughs> to me, that's how it should be. Yeah, it, it's yeah, too man. cold. But that's great, man. 2012 was an amazing year, bro. Everything came together. Um, truly thankful for that. Thankful that I've had the teammates and the 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 right offense, the right quarterback, the right system, the right everything was just came together at the right time, man. So, but when you look thankful. back, when you look back at 12, like. Do you feel like the whole career should have been like that? My entire football career? Yeah. Do you feel like everything should have been similar to that year after year after year? Yeah, man. Definitely from a, you know, as a, as a receiver, I always believed in my receiver skills. You know, being an undersized guy in the NFL, you looked upon as a, as a returner. That's it. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that year, I just, I feel like, that's what was. That's what Chad Owens was capable of doing. Mind you, though, like maybe you know, it's hard to be that full-time number one receiver and a full-time returner and just doing everything. That's a lot. But I prepared. I prepared myself in the off seasons for it. You know, what I mean, I grinded and damn near killed myself in the off seasons to 
to be ready for that grind. And yeah, man, it was, it was, it was amazing. Definitely my favorite year. And, um, we'll remember it for forever. Talk about one of your teammates, ex teammates. If there's a top five underrated list, Andre Dury's name's on it. Dude, I used to think he was so special. Hey, Nick, he Nick, was one Nick, of my favorites. Uh, hey, Nick, I don't know if we can uh, sort of like hit the pause button or do something because I got it. Can I use the washroom real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, let's, let's, let's answer that question. Needed that. Oh, when it comes, it comes. Yes, but, indeed. Yeah. All right, here we go. So, yeah, we're talking about Andre Dury being on the top five most underrated CFL players ever list. I thought that dude had it. Like, I was so, like, wowed by him and his ability to come out of the backfield, run the ball, catch the ball, and, and do everything. He could do everything. Like, he was one of my favorites. If I had, like, a top ten favorites list, he's one of my favorites. Bro, like, <laughs> that's my brother, bro. Like, that's my guy. Um, definitely humble. Did, did what he was did what it was asked of him all the dirty work but when i when, when when you talk about a guy that that his career you talk about a kenyon ramble andre yeah. dury is that is that guy for me yeah you know he already came back from a freaking catastrophic injury in college where his knee just you know just nerves and all like just was told he would never really walk proper and never let alone play came back from that and bro when i say that this dude had the juice and had everything and just had the skill his ability to to catch a pass and i, I don't know how many times I'm like oh like he's about to just get blown up he just catch it and just he 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 had an ability to better just relax his body just absorb the blow and and bounce off break tackles and like an unbelievable like he had this suddenness about him where it's just like a little like, he just – it was fun to watch, man. I loved watching Andre get the ball, bro, and just yeah. do his thing. But, again, injuries. That dude that dude right there, him, if he didn't get his knee injury in college, I feel as if he was an NFL guy. Like, he should have been an NFL-type running back. Yeah, you know, you was, look at guys like – oh, bro. They was calling him like the Reggie Bush of Canada. Yeah. You know, uh, but super talented, man, and – Humble and and you know Andre Dury's what I loved about him the most where a lot of people may not know. He's got the biggest heart, man. He's given so much. He's given so much, man. And he's my brother, you know, Andre, Matt Black, Ricky Foley. You know, that's kind of like our crew, uh, that that's super, super tight. And you know, I just if there's a guy that I that I that I wish could have actually got more recognition and yeah. really could have had more better fortune staying healthy. It, it, I wish it was him. So he could have really flourished, man. But you know what? He did his thing. Yeah. Had I want to get him on the show. Career. Yeah. I want to get him on the podcast, man. Cause I, I I'm, I'm definitely a fan and I talk to people. I'm like, dude, Andre Deary is that dude. <laughs> you know how when you bring up somebody that most people yeah. like, they talk to you like, okay, who's your favorite guys? You're like, one of them's got to be Andre Dury. Really? Like, dude. I like, yeah, when you watch film stuff. and stuff, yeah. it's a lot different when you're watching film or you watch the game differently than regular fans watch the game. Yeah. And, and you see what this dude is doing 
every play and in game in and game out. I'm just like, bro, oh, and, 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 like, and like smashing people with the ball, like <laughs> stiff arm and just get off me, bro. Like, yeah, we called him, bro, Wolverine, Duracell. Like, <laughs> he had all kinds of names, bro. Like, just, just a bro, talk about genetically just gifted. <laughs> yeah, beast. Another guy I got to get on is my bro, uh, Jermaine Copeland. You got mm. to suit up with J. Cope. Another solid dude. Talk about, talk about a mentor, man, and, and, and a brother that, that just – Cope was that dude, bro. Cope was that dude. That's how old my career, too. I couldn't have done it without Cope. You know, him coming to Calgary in 05, you know, and, and basically saying, look, you're part of the reason I'm here. He said, don't be one of those talented guys bounce around from team to team because you're young and hot-headed. Because I thought, like, I'm ball on the field. I can say whatever I want to say. You know, do how I want to do. And he was like, man, don't do that. Like, let's do this together. And we kind of created this. And we wrote it out, what man. Was, it was awesome. What, what was Cope playing? So were you guys opposite slots? What was the – Yeah, so at first Cope was the – like, how do y'all do it? We did it XW. X, yeah, XW, XW R, or we did YRZ. Okay. So your R and my Y – was Cope early, and then Rambo was the X, and I was the W. And then we kind of switched around. Cope became the W. I became the Y because once Cortez got there, and in the offense now with Huff and Dave and Cortez, the Y is more involved in a lot of the blocking schemes and the run game and things like that. And so I moved over. At first, Cortez said I was too small to play Y. He's like, man, he's just not big enough. Put Rambo at the Y. I'm like, no, man, put keep Ram at the X. And then, yeah, so that's how that worked out. And then when Rambo got hurt in 2009, we got Rombie Bryant. So Rombie Bryant became the X. And when Ram Flyer. came back in 10, Rambo became the W beside Rombie Bryant. So we had both of that speed over there at WNX, and I was the Y. So, yeah, it was – Yeah, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> Great, bro. Listen, y'all had a squad. And, and, bro, I just want to take this opportunity, Nick, to, like, throw it back to you, man. Like, just every time I watch you play, bro, just so amazed. And, and I know, hey, I know over the course of your career, hey, whatever. Ten different weight classes. Yeah, the, the weight classes went up, bro. <laughs> The athleticism stayed the same. Yeah. And the, the, the bulldozing got more because, hey, you got bigger, you got stronger, whatever. Use that to your advantage. And now you know guys going to go low. You're, bro, your ability to jump over guys and, like, it was like one a game for sure. Like, all right, Nick going to jump this guy. He's going to jump this dude. All right, bro, that to me was some of the most amazing things to watch from a guy like, like, like yourself. Bro, just – and your ability to find the zones, your ability to, to get separation, your ability to be smooth. Um, just fun to watch, man. You can definitely see the 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 experience and that veteran. You could you could you could you could pick out veterans and guys that got yeah. experience. You know what I mean? But besides that, bro, your 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 play playmaking ability, man. Uh, hats off to you, brother, man. Appreciate like it's just, it. hey, Nick Lewis Nation, bro. Fun to watch. Well, you know, we talked about the body, right? And like once I rehabbed, I understood at that moment. I'm I'm done with weights and all that stuff. Like, I'm going to cardio train to get ready for the – to be able to do what we need to do as receivers. But I didn't lift anything over 35 pounds. 
I called it prehab. Everything that I did was what you do in rehab. You work on all the little muscles to support the big muscles, right? Because you'll get your big muscle workouts doing other things, right? I got it through yoga. I got it through all these other things that I was doing. So spin class and yoga was my main two things. But if I went and lifted weights, I wouldn't lift a dumbbell with 35 pounds. I didn't lift anything over 35 pounds. Everything was just prehab and, you know, stretching and things like that to be able to, I just needed my body to withstand the punishment. Right. And then I said, if I can do that, I'm good. And I found that through prehab and not just going in there and just lifting a bunch of weights and trying to get strong because then you strengthen up the core muscles, but then everything else is kind of weak. So then it, you're not supporting it. So I was like, dude, prehab is the way, right? If I can support the big muscles before the injury, light went off. Yeah. Yeah, right? bro. Hey, listen, Hey, Hey, you maybe you you weren't uh, getting, you know, lifting heavy weights, but bro, you was delivering. Oh. <laughs> oh hey, trust you on somebody's kill bag before the rule or somebody's kill bag block. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking uh, uh, of delivering blows, I wanted to get into this before we got off here. MMA. <laughs> Chad Owens in the off season fights an MMA fight. Me and Robbie Bryan just talked about this. What's the mindset of taking a fight in the offseason? One, what's the mindset of taking a fight? Because I've, I've done some grappling and stuff, and I've, I've wrestled people in a cage, and you feel like a caged animal. And the mindset changes when they close the gate. What was your mindset getting into this? Number one, I got into it. To, to I just we had I just got the MOP we had just won the Grey Cup I just had the record setting in 2012 like I did it all and I did not want to get complacent I did not want to get comfortable so I dove into that to put myself into something different new and and an uncomfortable sort of like style of training just to to, to get my mind you know doing something different uh, and bro like I got so good so fast I've always enjoyed martial arts i did some martial arts as a kid i've always loved boxing i've always loved that you know throwing hands like i've yeah. always loved it hitting bags and all that like i loved it um but when i got to train really get some details and train and i learned how to do that stuff i was like man and and again the competitor i'm like look man i want to put this to use like bro i want i want to i want to do this for real with somebody because i'd be sparring and doing all that stuff I want to do this for real. And, you know, the contract was like lingering. I didn't really have a contract. I was like, bro, it was time. What's up? What's up? So I just said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And got the fight book. And when I say that place was lit, <laughs> bro. You did it in, hey, you did it in Hawaii, right? In Hawaii. Um, it was big, bro. My, shout out to my trainer, Scott Junk, former, uh, you know, UFC guy. He was on the Ultimate Fighter unbelievable coach and bro you want to talk about great cup entrance adrenaline and that fight entrance bro it almost doesn't compare bro like the, it's almost like a life or death kind of feeling you know yeah. um and the experience bro was just out of this world bro like i can see but after the fight yeah i won but after the fight 
you know, as a competitor, just like after a game, you're like playing it back. Like, man, I could have did that. I could have did that. I could have did that. I could have did that better. Oh, I want to do it again so I can get better. So I can. And bro, right after the fight, I was like, man, I want to do it. I, I want to fight again next week. You know, and and knowing, but I. Uh, so funny story. I can I can laugh about it now, man. Uh, so our GM at the time, Jim Barker, right? Yeah, Bark. It hits me up, bro. Chad, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, hey, uh, Jim. I'm, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just, hey, I'm just gonna get into this fight, man. You know, what are you doing? Why? Are I got media on my ass. I got this and stuff. And I said, and check this out. Hey, Barker was in. Barker was in Hawaii, bro, on a different island at the time. I said, hey, 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 Jim, you're going to come over. You're going to fly over and watch the fight, right? He said, Chad, you know I can't do that. Like, he can't support that. Uh, so like, That's all he talked to. <laughs> you know I can't do that. Uh, Scott, Scott Milanovic hit me up. Seal, what, what you doing, man? What you doing? Hey, Scott, you know, I'm just fighting. And at the end, he's like, all right, listen, man, don't get hurt. You know, whoop his ass and get out of there. Like, get it over with. Uh, so, you know, there was some support, but they couldn't publicly pull out that support. You know what I mean? You know, I can say it now. It's all good. It's all over with. But it was funny, man. Um, definitely uh, 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 outside looking in, people are like, man, what, what's this dude doing? He's just MOP, Greg Ocham, he's going to get hurt. He's going to ruin this, you know, whatever. But for me, bro, it, it, was, it, was, a, it was a message. To let people know, like, look, man, whatever you put your mind to, whatever you want to do in this life, you can do. Yeah. And don't let anything or anyone hold you back. Go put in the work and get it done. Did you fear anything about that fight? Like, did you have fear? Like, I, I um, a couple weeks ago, I had Nick Ring, who was a first overall pick on the Ultimate Fighter on, and um, he talks about the fear the day going through the fear waking up like i don't want to do this i walk into the range like the worst is the worst fear part mike tyson talks about walking to the ring being terrified of his opponent and then he got in the ring and then he could stare him down what was the walk like did you did you or the day did you fear fear at any point that you could get hurt or that you know maybe this isn't the right thing to do um great question man like i yeah, the thought process of the uh, the what if, yeah, it comes in. But it's like that what if can happen anywhere throughout the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I sort of mentally kind of put that out. I focus on the, my preparation. Just like how I focus on my preparation for game week, I was so prepared. I was so confident. And I was ready for it. But I'm going to tell you this, though. Um, I was calm because in the, in the fight game, it's whoever's the calmest, and can be clear and not exert the energy because it's different energy systems. Yeah. Right. When you, you know, get too hype, you, you start tensing up. And that's what I didn't want to do. And bro, tell me why right before I went into the cage, Scott Junk, my trainer, love him to death. Unreal. Bro. He took my hat off, slammed it. Rah, 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 rah. Gave me the, the hypest like, Oh, he got me going like almost too much. And like, I, I was on like this, uh, like I wasn't, like, that wasn't my approach. I was trying to go in calm and let it just flow. But bro, he got me into this maniac mode. And like, it, it kind of, I got what's called a, um, 
an adrenaline um, rush, like yeah. that, that, the adrenaline rush, bro. Like where I literally, I couldn't breathe after the first round. Nick, I, I could not breathe. I was done. I was just, like, I was, I'm in great shape, but I was oh. done. Thankfully enough, the other dude was in worse shape. Like, because, <laughs> like, bro, I, I, I don't know, bro. You can go watch the fight on YouTube. Yeah, I've seen like, it. Like, the pace I came out at was ridiculous. Yeah, you're trying to take him down. I was like, Chad, just stand up and throw jabs. Like, just keep him at distance. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I had the game plan here, (laughs) but that rev up, just the mind just went blank. Because I was thinking, like, you're a better athlete, right? So you have that advantage to stay away from him, not take anything serious, pick pick your shots. If you need to take him down, you can get him down just with your athletic ability. Bro, yeah. easily. And that was the game plan, bro. And I had you take to take off running across the ring. <laughs> bro, listen, listen. Hey, Scott got me way too fired up, bro. And then after the fight, like it hit me. Like I went to the locker room, bro. I went and literally went into the locker room because of all that adrenaline. I, I couldn't breathe. I was almost like, like throwing up, like, but not throwing up. I couldn't breathe, almost like an anxiety attack. Bro, it was crazy. So I can only imagine what these fighters actually like go through for real, because that that stuff is real. Like, so you know, this is the first time I'm actually giving someone that inside depth experience of what I went through. Yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, when that all calmed down and I was back to a clear state of mind, man, there were so many like mistakes I made. So many things. The fight could have been over. Like, it could have been over once I got on top of him and I was like against the cage. And I had my hand up against the cage, and he was down like this, bro. And I was just, and then, bro, I had a lot of pressure on the cage. You're not, I guess, you're not supposed to hold on to the cage, bro. The the, the ref came in mid swing, grabbed my hand, and, and threw me down, like got it off the cage, and I I fell. So that got me falling, and that got him to kind of like get a grasp of me and yeah. sort of start wrestling a little bit. But um, other than that, like. If you're able to be clear of mind and just patience and relax and bro, you're you're able to fight so much more efficiently. You know, just yeah. like just like anything else, right? When you're trying to run, if you're tense, you're gonna run slow. Yeah. Right? If you can't clear on a football field, if you're not thinking of a clear mind, you're not gonna better perform well. So it was definitely a learning experience, a crazy experience. Um and uh, you know, I've, I've gotten asked like even recently, like, oh, will you ever fight again? I'm like, Oh man, bro. I mean, not not that age is anything, but I'm 38, bro. Like I'm, I'm good, bro. I'll train. Like I'm always gonna train. Yeah. But nah. <laughs> man, that's but that's a great story to be able to share with your kids. Nick always talked about. Nick talked. He said every man needs a, needs a fight. They they actually have a program in Calgary to where they do it to where like these business people, whatever, train for. I think it's 22 weeks or something like that. They have like a 22 week training and at the end of the training, they pair them up and they fight each other. So you're paired up with someone with like an equal rating than you and equal ability just to have good fights and they'll, they have their fight. So, I mean, I think I've always wanted to do it. I I grew up watching boxing. I love the UFC. Um, I've always wanted to do it. I got permanent separations in my shoulder. I boxed Billy Parker one time and, um, we did three rounds of sparring because Billy's been sparring for years and we went toe to toe and my shoulder wasn't right after that for a while. And 
it sucks because I, I would love to get in shape to to do a fight. Look, man, hey, it's amazing, bro. Like when I say that training is the best type of training you could do for your your cardio. When I say I, I've never sweat like that ever, I'm going three, four different changes of, changes of shirts, bro. Like I'm changing my shirt, leaking on the mat. Like, you know, I went yeah. from not being able to grapple, bro, for like, very, bro, a minute, two minutes, I'm done because you're just trying to muscle everything. Yeah. Starting, that's, but I learned how to do it. I, 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 could, I could grapple for 45 minutes, no problem at the end, just kind of flowing and just, that's it. okay, all right, I'm out picking your spot um so you learned that and yeah bro it was just it was a it was an unbelievable craft to learn and mentally like at the end of it i still got my football training and i was still in crazy shape and i felt great coming into 2013 great yeah amazing we and we should have went back to back we should have damn we, we should have beat hamilton and we probably like i'm gonna say it, we probably would have went on to beat sash that year well sash shouldn't have beat us but um you know <laughs> what was your favorite place to play in the CFL? Man, like early on in 2010, 2011. Well, what team? What team was your favorite to play for? To play for? Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, man, they gonna put me on the spot with that. I mean, look, I love. I just. I know you love all the teams. All of them. All of them, because you know, hey. I, I was given an opportunity, yeah. so I appreciate. I'm appreciative of the opportunity, but you know, I mean, let's just be honest. My career was 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 in Toronto. That's where I made the bulk of my hay and six years uh, name for myself. You know, but you know, Hamilton fans are, are crazy. So I'll, that that experience was kind of cool because I was like, I got I was on both sides. Uh, you know, it's wild. Um, you know, Sask. You know, hey, in combination with that unbelievable stadium they got. You know, probably the number one you know support system in 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 the league. So that experience was cool. Uh, you know, and as far as places, bro, I just it didn't matter, bro. Like it really did not matter. Like I was what I was gonna say early on, ten, eleven, twelve, bro. Anytime I played Montreal, it was like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> making <Like>, it work. <laughs> all right, bro. <laughs> you know. Um, and and it's funny because, you know, I, I'd go to Montreal on the road or whatever. Coaches, pop, knowing that because I was there, right? They're like, hey, man, take it easy on us today, huh? Take it easy, <laughs> man. Take it easy. I got you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got you. <laughs> so I, I always look forward to that, man. And it, it's crazy when you, um, as, a, as an athlete, I'm sure you felt this. A lot of athletes out there feel this. It's you get into that zone, bro. Yeah. You get into that rhythm of like feeling unstoppable and and you feel it. Game day when you're warming up, you just got like this extra two, three peps in your step, bro. And you just it's it's just a uh it's an unbelievable feeling to have. Uh it's a feeling that I miss for sure. That game day, that 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 confidence, um, knowing that you put in the work and 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 you about to just go off. Like yeah. There's no one out there that can guard you. I don't care what you're playing. Don't play me man-to-man. And don't be off playing man-to-man because you just sorry. You just you ain't got a chance. Like, that type of feeling, I miss. Yeah. Um, and there's, I, I don't think there's – I don't know if there's another 
I don't know if there's no, if there's another sport that can that can give you that, man. I don't know. Hundred percent. So. Hundred percent. You know when uh, when I was in Montreal, and we played Calgary. Especially that first time in '15, Clay's the defensive coordinator, and um, yeah, I, I was looking at him, and I, I think I averaged in Montreal against Calgary. I think I averaged over 100 yards a game in those three years playing him. But I just remember like. I'd look at Clay and be like, you ready to double me yet? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, shut up. Get back in the huddle. <laughs> yeah, you're going to bracket me anytime soon? You're going to put that bracket? You better put that bracket on the top. We're so cool yeah. that he knew if he ever tried to double me, oh, I got him for life at that point. So, no, it was all good, man. Looking back at all the great things that you've done, what's next? Man, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's uh, at first, you know, you as an athlete, you envision yourself. I envision myself, you know, with the Argos for the long haul, re- retiring there, finishing my career, working for the organization. You know, you, you think about those things. Yeah. Uh, you know, that didn't happen. Uh, then you think about, okay, I love the game. Do I want to coach? You know, and that's something that could still happen. But you, you think about, okay, the time sacrifice away from the family playing, you think, that was a, you think that was a sacrifice, try coaching. Yeah. So, you know, so that's on my mind. You know, uh, personal training, I love, I love training, you know, youth. Something I'll probably do when I get back to Hawaii. Uh, a lot of talented athletes out of there, a, a lot of hunger, a lot of people putting in time there in training. Because they see that they know that there's an opportunity now, uh, you know. So giving back that way, I, I enjoy. Um, you know, and 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 on another side note, man, I'm I'm yeah, I'm investing. I'm I'm in the markets now. I'm you know I'm trading in the marketplace and doing yeah. things like that, which is has become a, a a new passion of mine. You know, especially with COVID. Look, hey, everyone's at home. Got to find a way to make money from the from the house, man. Like you got to yeah. make money, and you know, get, so getting into the market, learning that game has intrigued me a lot and, I, and I've taken off with that, feeling really good about that. So if anyone out there listening, man, if you guys are interested in learning how to, you know, get into that game, you know, hit me up, man, for real. Uh, we've had some unbelievable success doing it, uh, changing lives, helping people quit their jobs and doing things like that. So, um, but as far as, bro, like, like next, I, I really just want to, I want to, I want to just be happy, Nick, you know, football, I know that there's, Nothing that's going to be able to replace what the game of football has given me. I'm yeah. pretty sure you feel the same way. Like, nothing's going to replace that because you can't. Like, it is what it is. It's so, it's so special. The locker room, the guys, the road trips. I mean, there's so much more than just the touchdowns and the records and the championships, bro. It's, you know, it's, it's those times in the locker room uh, with, 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 your, with your squad, with your boys that are so special that those are the things you miss, uh, you know. I, I, I remember a bunch of games. I remember a bunch of, a ton of plays. But it's those times in the locker room. It's those times in the road that, that are definitely missed. And you hear all the vets. You hear all the coaches that played. That's what they say. That's what they talk about. And um, so nothing's going to be able to replace that. Uh, the, the, the thing that comes in close is, I guess, getting into the coaching gig and getting back into the game that way and, and, and paying it forward and coaching, you can get some of that for sure. Uh, but then the time again, you know, away from the family. So, um, 
you know, just looking to uh, to take it as it comes. You know, life as we know it is sort of sort of change. You know, the economy, the the world, it, it, it's things are, are are at a point now where it's you know, if you're gonna if you're looking to do something fresh and new, now is might might be a pretty good time because yeah. of the way it is. Um, so I'm just man, I'm day to day. I'm just gonna take it for what it for what it's worth and what comes my way, and um, just try to be happy every single day, man. Enjoy this time with my kids. Really pour it into my kids. I really want my son to be, you know, as successful as he wants to be. I want him to achieve all his goals. My daughters, yeah, you know, they both play sports as well. So, you know, um, and then and then my wife, you know, trying to help her do what she wants to do now. You know, she she sat in the side and kind of supported me and did all of that. So now, you know, if there's something she wants to do, I want to be able to help support there and um, go back and enjoy some time with the family, bro. And yeah, man, who knows, right? Like you said, bro, the the, uh, the Atlantic legends, bro, if that comes from, (laughs) (laughs) I'll be in the building, man. Like I I said, I got something for you um, coming up. Uh, You're definitely one of my guys on my list. I've been working on some things uh, that I'll talk to you shortly about. You know, and uh, I feel like it's going to be big. It's going to be the next big thing. And, uh, yeah, we're going to – but it puts us back in the team set, uh, teamwork mindset and and being able to give back to so many. But, that's uh, it, bro. That's it. Love that, man. Love that. And that's what it's about, man. Like, really, at the end of the day, um, we've, been, we've been fortunate enough and been given a lot by, number one, A, being able to play for that long of a career, number one, uh, meeting so many people, gaining all this experience and knowledge. So, so my saying for CO2, right, is, is exhale inspiration. So uh, hence, you know, you exhale carbon dioxide, right? So it yep. makes sense. So I've, we've essentially inhaled all, the, all this experience, all of this knowledge, all of this, the good, the bad, everything. And now we can take that and exhale that inspiration and pass it on to the next generation, the upcomers, uh, uh, to maybe hopefully have them that. avoid some, avoid some of the things that we had to go through, you know, and 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 maybe have a not easier route because I don't want anyone to have an easy route. There's no easy route. There is no easy. But route. to understand that there may be a more efficient route, and if we can provide more efficiency for these guys and girls and people, not just sportsmen, not just athletes, it's but life. people out there, yeah. life. You know, if you can be a more efficient uh, person in life. Um, that's going to lead to less stress, more success, more happiness, and just, you know. Stress is the number one killer. That's it, man. That's it. So that's it, brother. Looking forward to it, man. Uh, We can go on and on and on, man. I just appreciate this opportunity, bro. I can't wait for this to, you know, uh, to really grow and, 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 and impact a lot of people. 100%. 100%. Can you tell the people how they can get a hold of you and stay up to date with you and how they can get a hold of you for the trading? Oh, man, absolutely. Uh, biggest thing, guys, I'm, I'm on Instagram, you know, uh, at Chad Owens, too. So that's my name and then the number two. Same on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm more heavy on Instagram than Twitter. Um, but look, man, I, I, DM me there. Uh, and as far as the trading, that's, that's probably where you can uh, connect with me. Uh, DM me there. We can kind of set you up. We can chat about the opportunity, how to get into the game, how to learn the game. Uh, I look at it as a new playbook, bro. It's, you know, if you're looking at charts, 
you know, uh, in the marketplace, it's like, it's like a route tree, you know, it's, it's, you got to see similar patterns and you get used to it. So it's a new playbook for me, which I've sort of, I don't want to say mastered, but grinded and now I understand it. And I got a really good grasp of this playbook. And, um, at the end of the day, bro, it ain't hard. And if you're someone that really is looking for a change that maybe, maybe you got laid off, you're at home looking for an opportunity to make some money. And this isn't just for you. Okay. This is, this is, this is generational wealth. Yeah. I'm teaching my kids right now how to trade. They know how to trade right now. So, so they know how to make money if another recession comes or whatever, like they know how to make money from home on their phone. That's awesome. <laughs> That's what's great. So look, man, hit me up on, on IG at Chad Owens to DM me. Um, I look forward to hearing from you all, man. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Love you all. And as always, aloha. Aloha. <laughs> and we out. Appreciate you, Chad. No problem.